Welcome once again to 720 and 720. Uh, we got a great guest. Uh, we got a very unique subject we're going to talk about. Uh, ESPN analyst and color guy and personality, Seth Greenberg, used to be coach at head coach at Long Beach State, uh, South Florida, and turned Virginia Tech's program around. Seth Greenberg, Coach Greenberg, welcome. Welcome to 720 and 720. Johnny Shulman, how about you? Would you call me an analyst? A what else did you call me? Uh, a I mean, lot I, of people. I, a lot of people. You just call you something worse. But I, I said a personality, ESPN personality. How about personality. that? Personality. That was a problem. Personality. It's always good. I guess it's better than what, what I used to be called. That started with an S. Uh, I, I, absolutely. We both were called that. We both were called that <laughs> many times. But let me just say what people don't know, and and as as we're both getting older, people don't realize what a good coach you were. And uh, you're going to say, no, no, but but it, it's a joke what you did at Long Beach State and at South Florida and Virginia Tech. I mean, you were you were successful every, every stop you made. I was very fortunate. I had good players. I had good assistants. And, uh, you know, I, at times you had great support from your administrations. <laughs> but, look, look, tricky players make tricky coaches. And when you got guys that buy into each other and care and buy into you and play hard for you, then you can accomplish great things. And I mean, that's what it's all about. It's a recruiting the right kind of guys. You learn that it's not just acquiring talent, but acquiring the right talent, guys that can buy into the system, the culture, each other, uh, understand what it takes to win, care about each other and care about winning. And that's really what it comes down to. Well, it's a, I went and watched uh, Rick Bird at Belmont and, and he's such got, he's got such a great fit of you know everybody everybody says what a great basketball coach he is and he is a fantastic coach but the more i watch his program i the more i say what what a great recruiter <laughs> because he he recruit it's not like so much talent but it's it's the fit and it's the great kids and they fit belmont and they fit him and if the players fit the coach you got probably you got a chance to be be pretty good yeah i mean i, I always say the sign of a great assistant coach is knowing who can play for the head coach yeah, everyone wants to be a great assistant coach, and everyone wants to recruit. But it's not—it's not collecting players; it's collecting players and acquiring talent that can play for your head coach, and understanding the type of player, the type of person, the passion, the uh, the guys—you know—that that fits the personality of your head coach. And that's—that's uh, that's really one of the main roles of an assistant coach: bring those type of kids uh, and evaluating those type of guys that can help your head coach. Then coach the team the way he needs to coach and wants to coach the team well here's what we're going to do all right this is supposed to be very educational and informative so what we're going to do is we're going to go to you're going to go back and you're going to be the head coach even either at a high school or a college you had a knack for this you beat Duke when they were number one. You beat Wake Forest when they were number one in the country. Carolina when they were number one in the country. You beat Kansas when you're at Long Beach and they were number one in the country. Tell us, tell us, give us some thoughts. Trying to help young coaches and even old coaches. If another team is ranked number one in the state or whatever, they got more talent. Why were you so successful playing teams better than you? I think there's an art of an upset, John. I, I think that's something that you've got to understand. The art of the upset is first you've got to own the tempo of the game. You can't play into the tempo of your opponent because, you know what, uh, obviously if they're number one or they're the elite team in your, your league, uh, they can impose their will on the game. And they probably have more talent than you. So you can't let your opponent impose their will on the game. So how do you do that? You own the tempo of the game. So 
I think that's so important. I think secondly is that, you know, you can't commit turnovers. Uh, you've got to take care of the basketball. You know, turnovers and touchdowns absolutely kill you. So, you know, you've got to make sure you, you do certain things. Don't turn it over. Cut them out off the glass and take them out of transition. Uh, and and, and, and if, if you could do those three things along with own the tempo of the game, you have a chance to win. And at the end of the game, have someone step up and make a play, uh, which is so important. So, like I always said, the order of the upset, own the tempo, you know, take care of the ball, no turnovers or touchdowns, you know, make sure you have five guys rebounding the ball. Your guards got to come back and, and rebound the ball. And, uh, you know, probably the last thing if, if we had, when we had five things is you can't let the other team's best player beat you. Uh, you've got to force someone else to beat you. And if you can do those things, you have a chance to, you know, pull off that upset. Um, with with high school, you know, because some of these people, some of the coaches listen to this are high school coaches, you know, and I and I got a chance to coach four years in high school um, without a shot clock. Uh, I, I never could understand why more coaches don't tempo the game in high school. And and if you know, it doesn't matter if you got if you don't have as much talent as your opponent you don't have a shot clock you can tempo the entire game in high school i'm assuming you would do that in high school yeah i would, I would do it with with an idea of trying to score and i like i played with a shot clock against unlv when i was at long beach state and we played a 29 point game i mean we were well undermanned and i was tired of getting beat by 60 uh but uh yeah again run offense but but you know, one thing is tempoing the game uh, the other thing is, how do you tempo the game? Oh, you better meet your passes. You better be strong with the ball. You better cut hard if you're overplayed, because if if you're if you don't cut hard, then the defense doesn't react. Uh, you know, you've got you got to play with good spacing, uh, and then you've got to have one or two guys that, if you create some type of double gap, can get in the lane, come to a jump stop, and then make the right pass. But tempo in the game is one thing, but how do you do it? Do you do it with Princeton-esque? Well, if you can, if you're a good passing team, uh, whatever you do, you better run balls in your hands. You better beat passes, catch them with two hands, rip it through, and be strong with the ball. You better have people that are going to uh, work to get open. You better understand how to use your dribble to escape, and an escape dribble, back dribble, create space. And then you better be able to play with good spacing. And those those key elements, if you're going to tempo the game offensively, are pivotal and, and essential. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think coaches really understand. A lot of coaches don't understand about what you talked about. Rebound the ball with five guys rebounding the ball with your guards coming back. I, I did. That was really important to me. Is rebounding the ball. But but talk to us about five guys and rebound that ball or or gang rebound us. What I used to call it. How important is that? Yeah, it's essential. I mean, look. I mean, it's arm to arm combat. If you're going to be over man. You, you got to, you've got to make sure they're rebounders. You've got to cut those dudes out. I mean, you, if you, if you got to face guard them, all right, you got to cut them out. Uh, and if you cut them out, you know, your guards have to come back and then be the rebounders because the guys checking out and cutting out those bigs might not be in position to rebound, but they got to be in position to make sure their guy that they're guarding doesn't rebound the basketball. And that's, that's really important. So guards coming back, step a full step inside the elbows, and helping you know clean up the mess is what I used to tell our guys. If they're going to fight to keep their guy off the glass, you guys are going to come back and clean up the mess. You guys got to come back and, and engage 
and, and, and become our leading rebounders, which is, you know, which is essential. And one of the important reasons to rebound the ball is you got to figure out how you're going to guard the post. You can't let people catch you with two feet in the post. But if you, you know, if you're in a situation where you're in rotation because you're not guarding the ball, because you're giving up splits, uh, then all of a sudden it's going to become really hard to rebound the ball. So being solid defensively is a big part of rebounding the ball, as you know. Um, guarding the post, you talked about guarding the post. Would you front the post? Would you double the post? What, how would you guard the post? You're, you're, and you don't have as much talent. They got a big post player. You don't. How you guarding the post? Well, you got to guard them early, and you got to get them off the block. I think that's really important. And you got to make them a perimeter player. And partially, you know, ball pressure buys time. That's that's something that that helps you. But no, we would we would defend it early. We would sweep the low post, butt front, if we could. Uh, and if we got caught behind, we would scrape off certain players. You don't have to guard us. We're in high school. You don't have to guard all five guys. Uh, you know, I mean, like there are certain guys in the, your team you played against <laughs> that you don't have to guard. And uh, I was one of those guys that didn't guard. Let me just tell you that. I was one of those guys. Yeah. You were slow, but you were short. (laughs) Uh, But like, you know, we played way, way far as when they were number in the country. And, you know, we ended up trying on two in that game and we didn't, we, the guys we didn't guard, we didn't guard now. I mean, we didn't, we, we were one full step outside the three point line. I mean, uh, the, 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 the foul lane and, you know, we forced other people to, to beat us. And that's just and we were not going to get beat by our opponents' best players. Uh, two things, but when you say butt to front, when, when you're when, you know when you're fronting full front in the post, it always drove me crazy because as soon as we full front, your, your job isn't over. Your job is to kind of make sure he's going back towards the basket and that we're being physical. Just because you step in front doesn't mean anything. You still got to be physical, correct? Yeah, you got to drive that guy back, both hands high, low man wins, drive him back. And so when the ball does get shot, you can wedge rebound him underneath the basket. That was so important. Uh, if you're going to full front, you've got to be physical in your full front, and you got to remain, you got to keep contact. Uh, last thing, you were talking about some junk, playing some junk. Talk to us, a trying one, two. How often did you work on it? Boxing one, diamond and one. How often did you work we, we on it? We worked on it every day. We worked on it every day because we did four and three and five on four every day. So if you do four and three and five on four defensively every day, then you're basically working on trying on two and boxing one without just you're eliminating your 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 what I call the red defenders, the guys that are denying. So, you know, you're getting your guys to talk. I've got to. You're getting your guys to understand how far they're going to go out, communicate how they're going to switch ball screens and, and, and you know, doing, doing – uh, four and three and five on four every day really enabled us to at times at any moment, maybe out of a timeout, junk it up and, and change defenses. Well, you were junk it up. You were a one, three, one guy. I know. Cause we stole it from you. Uh, you stole the game from us with Dowdell walking, but we won't mention that because this is a You've got to get it over. you just got to get over it. <laughs> uh, but, but, but junking it up, did, did you like that? Playing a little 1-3-1 one, one out of a timeout, playing a little diamond and one, playing a little triangle and two. What's your thought there, especially against yeah, the big boy? I, yeah, I like to play some 1-3-1 one, one on side out of bounds. I like to play some 1-3-1 one, one on made threes. Uh, I like to play some 1-3-1 one, one late in the game. Uh, to make people use time because it's not a one pass quick shot offense against it. Uh, yeah, and I like, I like, I, I probably would even be more multiple now with the way things are. I'd probably play in college more three, two, 
you know, extended to make people use some clocks so that now all of a sudden we are exposed to defend for only about 15 seconds, kind of like what Villanova's been, had success doing. Play, playing that little, almost like a little one-two-two in the three-quarter yeah, court. Yeah, one-two-two, three-quarter court. And then coming back and the playing three-two. Force two. a guard to guard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't I don't see, you know, especially high school, you know, college, I hated guarding all the Princeton stuff. Uh, and so we would trap and press, and, and then hopefully we'd have to guard that action for 12 to 13 seconds. Uh, exactly. high, sc- uh, high school, you could you could do that, and, and you could really tempo the game. Uh, and, and most people complain and gripe because they don't have the talent everybody else does. But that's where coaching comes in, I would think. Yeah, you got look. Everyone, it's it's. I, I say it's like college scheduling. You know, everyone schedules to their best interest, and everyone has to pick a system that fits. And this is a big thing for high school: pick a system that fits your school district, all right, and your community. Because you might say, you know, your coaching's not like fashion. You know, what works for you know Rick Pitino might not work for you at a, at a place. What works for John Schulman might not work for you know another guy. So you've got to pick a system that fits your community and fits your personality as a coach. Well, I I, I never I never could find a system that fit my personality. I, it's I'm kind of curious. I'm a little disappointed. Could you could you well, help? I mean, your person your personality was every which way. I mean, I could have fit any system. Well, that's called it's called having ADD. So if you have ADD, you can you can play switch and man, you can play zone, you can you can do it all. Uh, and, you, and you did it well. Well, I don't know about that. But listen, coach, I appreciate your time. You're up in New York City. You got big games to do. Uh, my my only regret, just to be honest, in college basketball right now is that you're 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 on TV. Uh, being a, a personality, I know how good a coach you are. I wish you were back in college coaching. Uh, I don't think you're done yet, and, and we'll see you. And when you're a college coach, so we'll do another podcast. How about that? You got it, brother. All right. Anytime for you. I mean, one thing I love, but no one loves the show that's better than me. <laughs> well, let me just say, so I appreciate your time. Uh, take care in New York City, and thanks again. All right, brother. All right, thanks, buddy. Pal. Take care. Thanks.